So I was uh, watching a movie during the week. Um, I always hesitate to, to name what the movie is because I feel like I'm endorsing a movie because it's not, it's not the worst movie in the world. It was, it was PG, but it's not really the best movie either. Uh, anyway, it's, it's got the actress Charlize Theron in it, and she's this... Um, the, the story is there was a... The, story, the movie was made in 2005, but the story is kind of after the moment, I suppose, as well. Uh, there was a terrible virus that killed 99% of the population of the world. So those who survived and were immune uh, were brought into this one city and they walled the city to protect it from uh, anybody getting in, anybody getting out from any, any, any worse uh, virus that may come along their way. And years and years and years passed, 400 years passed, uh, and then the city is still walled in. But then, of course, if you've got one city, then those who had the power in the city held on to the power very tightly, and anybody who considered leaving the city uh, was just disappeared. They just they were made disappear. No one knew what happened. They just one day they just weren't there anymore. So she was part of the resistance then to try and uh, discover what was going on or to overthrow this government. But inside the city, it was actually quite nice. They had everything they wanted. Uh, it, it looks kind of like Switzerland or something. You know, everything is ordered and punctual, and the trains are all clean. There's no graffiti, and but. Everyone is, everyone is kind of watching their backs as well because you don't know who you can talk to, you don't know who you can trust, and you don't know if you say something out because the whole place is monitored. There are cam cameras and bugs everywhere. So no one knew if, 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 if they ever said something against the government, if that might make them disappear. Uh, so the reason I'm saying all this is she described it. She said, here we were living in our gilded cage. And I just thought that expression was really, really good. Uh, that it's, it's basically a prison, but it looks wonderful. It's gilded. It's gold. It looks like gold, but it's effectively still a prison. And so I was thinking about that afterwards and during the week and, and this morning as well. When St. Paul like, writes to the Philippians, he's, he's trying to get our hearts, he's trying to get the, the minds of the Philippians to, to look higher, look higher than, than, this, than this earth and this world, than than material things and success and power and money. Uh, he's trying to get them to lift their gaze, right? So he says, uh, I've told you often and I repeat today with tears that there are many of you who are behaving as enemies of the cross of Christ. Okay, so how, how are they behaving as enemies? You, you wouldn't think it, like, you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think he's going to say what he says. You think enemies of the cross of Christ, or oh, they must be Satanists, they must be murderers and rapists and who knows what. But what does he say? Enemies of the cross of Christ. Why? They make foods into their God and are proudest of something they ought to think shameful. The things that they think are important are earthly things. For us, our homeland is in heaven. I just, it's, it's, it's so beautifully put because we can, we can create for ourselves. So not only can we find ourselves in a gilded cage, we can build for ourselves a gilded cage. So uh, it's, we, we create our own prison and we make it look nice and we paint the walls and we have nice little curtains in the prison and we have uh, all that we want and we have maybe even got nice carpet and pictures on the wall. And, but it's effectively still a prison that we have created. How? Well, considering God's plan is to set us free, the more we insist on our plan, the more I insist on my will, the more I'm going to create a prison. And I, I will think I'm free. Why? Because I created it. 
I created this prison and I designed it and I decorated it and I did a really good job. Uh, so I'll think I'm free, but, but I won't feel free. There'll always be this kind, of, this, this, this kind of tension because now I have responsibility for everything in my hands because I haven't given it over to God. So it means if anything goes wrong, it's on my head. And I'm going to feel just constantly weighed down by this. It'll constantly feel unfree, even though I'm doing exactly what I want or exactly what I've chosen. So we create this prison for ourselves. And how do we do that? Well, as I say, insisting on our own will. And that, that will then can, can manifest in, in all sorts of ways. Uh, like that, are in, in the order of our, of our priorities, uh, deep down, even though I know this may be wrong, my highest priority may be, what do people think of me? And what do I have to do to make them think better of me? Or my highest priority may be financial security, or economic security, basically money. That the more of this I have, then the safer I am, the more secure I am, which can also be a complete product of, of fear. Fear in our lives that things will go wrong. So I feel I have to store all of these things up to take care of myself. Why? Because he won't. And that's, again, that's, that's the real problem. God won't take care of me. So I have to take care of myself. Obviously, we're not saying that we should all just sign up for unemployment benefit, quit our jobs, and God will take care of us. That's not what I'm saying. We do have to work. We do have to do our best. But there's a difference between you know, working hard to pay the bills and my highest priority in life is earning money. They're two very different things. So, or my... My, my self-imposed prison. I remember there was this, there was this one girl uh, who I knew back in my partying days and um, uh, well actually she was, she was more a housemate um, when I was in college and she could not leave the house, could not leave the house without multiple layers of makeup. She just could not do it. She just would not do it. Even if she had to come downstairs for a hot water bottle in the middle of the night. She'd still freshen up the, the mascara and the eyeliner and come. She just could not. Her, and I, again, I'm not, this isn't, uh, I'm not condemning the poor girl at all. It was all fruit, just a massive insecurity. I have to look like a supermodel all the time, all the time. A self-imposed prison, a gilded cage. I have to look this way or I won't be loved or I won't be wanted or I won't be safe, I won't be secure. So what's, what's the Lord asking us to do? He's asking us to set our sights on the, the higher things, right? For us, our homeland is in heaven. For us, our homeland is in heaven. Sometimes our lives feel very, very short. Sometimes, I mean, you look back at the last 10 years, I know for me anyway, life is just going so, so, so quickly. On other occasions, it can really, when we're talking about certain struggles, they can feel very, very long. You know, if you're struggling with a certain vice or you're struggling with a certain uh, situation, illness in the family or, or, or loss or betrayal or something, it can feel like an eternity uh, because that, 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 that pain just, just drags us down. But the Lord is saying, set your sights on heaven. Set your sights on heaven. So he wants to free us from these cages, even if we made them ourselves and even if they look nice from the inside. He calls us to so much more. So how do, we, how do we do this? How do we get free? Well, as scripture says, whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Whom the Lord sets free. Whom the Lord sets free. The Lord wants, Jesus wants to set us free from these 
gilded cages. How do we step out of them? Because, I mean, obviously, see, if we built the cage, if we built the prison, where's the lock? Well, I built it. So the lock is on the inside. I can leave. No one has locked me into this. I locked myself into this. The lock is on my side of the door. So I can leave if I want. So how will I do that? Well, maybe you have better ideas, but the only thing I can think of is the only reason I would leave a prison that I have created or a gilded cage that I have built is if I trust God. If I trust that leaving what I know and what I have built and what I have created and this this world of if I'm rich or if I'm good looking or if I'm successful or if I'm loved by people or if I have financial security, if I try to leave this, I can only leave this if I believe that God will provide for me outside of my, of my prison, that God will take care of me. Again, this is just to be clear, like I'm not saying we don't, we don't have to work or don't have to take, make responsible decisions. Of course we do. But that the Lord has always the highest priority and then everything follows after that. Do I trust him? Do I trust him with my finances? Do I trust him with my future? Do I trust him with my family? Do I trust him with my health? Do I trust him with even my relationships and love life? Do I trust him in my bereavement or loss? Do I trust him? If I don't, it's going to be very, very difficult for me to ever leave my gilded cage. In all of this, the Lord wants to set us free. And in being free, what we should experience, rather than leaving our cage, stepping out of our cage into a world now of absolute fear and insecurity, because now I've left what I know, and now I have, uh, I don't know, I don't know what I have, I don't know, uh, I don't know what, what the future entails. When I, when I had planned myself, when I had planned my life myself, I knew exactly what was coming, or at least to, to the degree in which I was able to control, I knew what was coming. If I step out of this and give power, more control to the Lord, I don't know what he's going to allow. That might be absolutely terrifying for me if I don't trust him. But rather than fear, what we should experience is leaving our cage in order to receive the embrace of our Father, in order to receive the Father's love. And then in that fatherly embrace, in that, that place where I know I'm safe, I should experience joy. Joy. Lord, I don't necessarily know what's coming, but to be honest, even if I did, I probably couldn't control it anyway. I trust you. And then in that father's embrace, like to be so secure and safe and confident that the Lord will take care of everything. And that's why this reading is put with this particular psalm, Psalm 120, 121. I rejoiced when I heard them say, let us go to God's house. So we leave this, this gilded cage, this prison that, that we have built for ourselves that feels more or less secure. But Lord wants to, to, to us to leave that in order to go to the joy, joy, joy of God's house. Not 
leave our prison in order to live in fear until we die and then we get to heaven. We leave our prison in order to live in that fatherly embrace of God. In order to experience joy there and then joy for all eternity in his house in heaven. For us, our homeland is in heaven. And from heaven comes the Savior we are waiting for, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transfigure these wretched bodies of ours into copies of his own glorious body. Lord Jesus, we trust you today. Renew our trust, deepen our trust, that we can leave behind whatever is not of you and joyfully, joyfully, joyfully walk each day with confidence, knowing that we are held in the Father's embrace. Amen.